We are your host, Derek and Sessie, and we have a bonus episode for a game that came out very randomly that I did not Woo! know I needed. I mean, it came um, out like 20 plus, 25 years ago, and then yeah, it came sorry. out again that we're a week ago. So we'll be talking about the Pokemon TCG game that was re-released for on the Switch now for the, it's the Game Boy Color Yes. Uh, virtual console. I forgot what it's actually called on the Switch. It's not the virtual uh, console. It's... it's not the virtual console. I don't remember what it's called either. But I mean, technically, the, the Game n- Boy, the Nintendo and the... Online Game Boy. Yes, but the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color are the same one. So the game is technically for the Game Boy Color, but it's in the regular Game Boy, not virtual console thing. Whatever they call it. Either way, <laughs> I was. I used to play this game a lot as a kid. So I. I collected a lot of Pokemon cards as a kid. I didn't really play. Wait, at all. you played, played the real bit. game, or like with actual physical cards, or so no, no, no? So I played the one on the Game Boy Color as a kid. The game oh a little bit. man, yeah. you had so it! I, have, I probably have it in my apartment somewhere. The, the OG ca- cartridge. Set. Oh my so I very god! Much had it. Um, I never actually I had the cards as a kid. I never played with the cards as a kid. Um, but like you know, I, I had the cards. I got into Yu-Gi-Oh when I was like in middle school or something. When I was a little bit older. And then got out of card games completely up until like 2016 or 2017 when I got into Magic. And now obviously spend way too much of my life thinking, talking, and playing Magic. So I was really excited to kind of rediscover what this game was, especially since Wizards of the Coast was also kind of responsible for the Pokemon TCG launching. So kind of seeing parallels, seeing if any of my... I'm not really a good Magic player, but any of my Magic like... (laughs) knowledge helps in this and you're coming from the perspective of someone who does not play trading card games at all yeah i first of all i just want to say i'm so excited to be recording this because i was thinking about this on my run this morning like literally this whatever we're about to talk about for however long we're about to talk about it is literally the reason we have a podcast because we would be having the same conversation (laughs) on a group facetime with our other friends they would be getting really annoyed with us by now already we're like two minutes in so so. (laughs) um but yeah i mean so i never i was never a card game person at all i don't think we ever had pokemon cards my two brothers were into Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, they watched the show, and I think they had cards. I don't remember for sure if they had the cards or not, but, like, we definitely did not have Pokemon cards. Um, And I was never interested in the TCG. Um, I was gifted a set, because, you know, they make those, like, pre-made decks that you can just buy for, like, 10 bucks or whatever. I was gifted Mm. a set in college by Eddie Burkott, actually. Shout out to Eddie. Yeah, shout out we'll to Eddie. Yeah. Shout out yeah. To um, but even then it was just like, oh yeah, this is cool. And then it just like sat in a box for, I don't know how many years it's been, like 10 years, probably, honestly. Yeah, it's Gen and, and 5 it's, Pokemon cards, if that tells you anything. Like when black and white were like out <laughs> the first time. So I had a lot of Gen 1 stuff that all got destroyed in a shed flood, which I'm sure is like the classic oh, story no. of people our age. Yeah. The OG hollow Charizard, all that, and it all got melted away. But Man, I got, that's such a bummer. Oh, I ended up, I remember one of our mutual friends that was my roommate for a while, Mike, he and I bought mm-hmm. a whole bunch of cards together a while back, so I had a bunch. 
Um, but never got, never really thought about getting into it. Um, one of my, I guess, t- contemporaries that I've worked with in the magic space, uh, the professor, who, um, if anybody, yeah, if, if the professor, yeah, wait, like, let's not forget. College. Let's hold on before you talk about real stuff. Let's also like set the stage of like, yes, I literally have never played any card games, and you're like low key. A Wizards of the Coast ambassador for Magic the Gathering, so like you're I, very I, famous and like well known, and F- I don't want to say good F- at F- Magic, but like not even remotely. No, you know solid stuff. F minus list celebrity. Uh, yes, yeah, like a solid <laughs> F minus whatever, whatever the, the smallest passing grade is for whatever that whatever it would be. But yeah, so I've actually gotten intrigued because um, the professor does a lot of Magic content, but he also makes Pokemon content, and every once in a while. I would, you know, I watch all his, I watch all his magic mm-hmm. stuff, and every once in a while, I'd see a random Pokemon video, and I'd be like, now I'm kind of intrigued. Like he makes it sound so enticing, and I was like, but I never really took a leap, and I was like, look, I can't. Magic is an expensive game. I cannot afford to have any other hobbies <laughs> at all. Like no exaggeration, <laughs> I can't afford anything like, else. Full stop. Like not just no, other card games, no, but like no, no just other no hobbies. hobbies. <laughs> Nothing. No, I can't afford anything else. I, that's all. So I was like, I can't really get into Pokemon. Uh, I remember in college a little bit. They have like the free to play version that you can play uh, as like a the there's like an app or something that you can get and play online. But this was such a cool reintroduction reintroduction to it, and in the most simple form because obviously this is the most basic form. It's it's all Gen One. If you, yeah. if you, anybody who's not familiar, this is a, just a re, like a reboot, not a reboot, but a port of a yeah. Game Boy Color game through and through. So it's all Gen 1, all like the OG Pokemon cards, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then it's set up like a little RPG that you run around and battle random computers and stuff like that. So you get to experience it on its like most basic level. And I'm sure it's gotten a little bit more uh, complex and complicated, you know, with newer sets and uh, as everything does. But one of my favorite things about it is, as a Magic player, and no, not a good Magic player, but as a Magic player... <laughs> It really does have, it reminds me a lot of like, and I mean this in, in not at all like a derogatory way, but like of a simplified version, but in like the best way possible. Whereas like, <laughs> whereas like magic board state. So I play, if anybody, the, 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 the format of magic I play is called commander, which is a multiplayer thing. It's essentially like you're playing D and D in this like mm-hmm. giant setting, but with cards. So it's just like. A massive battle of four people going back and forth. The board states get crazy. You'll have 30 different cards out at a given time on the board. You might be swinging for 10,000 power. You might combo off and there's something that's happening in an infinite loop you have to interrupt. Like, it is legit. I think Harvard did a study and said it was, like, the world's most complex game is magic. Like, full stop. Like, it is the most complex game in the world because there's so many interactions. So, coming from that, which is, like, my brain feels broken Every single time I play a game of Commander, there's something that happens that I'm like, I don't know how this works. I'm going to Google it and hope for the best. Okay, even and I then, know. You read the card to understand the card. Come on, Derek. Did you just... I retain yeah, you that. Quoted, you did. I retain that. Yes. Reading the card does explain the card. So, yeah, so for the Pokemon aspect of it, it was... There's still a lot of, like, decision points and, like, difficult decision points. There's still a lot of strategy, a lot of deck building that matters. But on a simplified level, instead of having 45 creatures out and you're trying to track different buffs and worry about combat tricks and instant speed. And and that's one of the coolest things about it is with Pokemon, it's very much like a it's almost like a turn based RPG versus like 
some really complicated real-time combat system in a fighting game. Yeah. Whereas, like, everything is very much, this is my turn. I do this, this. I attack. My turn is over. Whereas, coming from the magic side, everything's about interaction and an instant speed. And in, this, in magic, there's this thing called the stack. So, when you cast spells, it's just like, bah, 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 bah. You're stacking stuff up, and then they resolve in different... So, having, like, this, like, refreshing... That's very like, oh, stressful. Wow. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not great at teaching it. But, like... Here, but like seeing it kind of simplified down, even the 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 what do you call it? The energy card system is similar to the mana system mm. in Magic. Like there's lots of cool similarities that I'm like my brain kind of kind of work parallel because I've never. Also, when we talk about card games, I don't really exist in a lot of other nerd spaces. So all of my like st- strategy and stuff is from Magic. I got nothing else. So that's like how I relate <laughs> to everything. So it was really cool, and I'm very excited to get into kind of how your thought process was. So first off, I kind of wanted to know how your overall thoughts and experience playing the game, because was it, was it difficult? Was it fun? Was it... Um, first of all, fuck Ronald. That's my first point. <laughs> fuck that piece of shit. <laughs> you can go die in a hole somewhere. Oh, no. Did, so, uh, so I did not ever lose to Ronald, so I don't know how that does it. If, you, if, you, I if never he beats you, you have to re-challenge him? Beat, no! he just fucking walks away i never beat ronald (laughs) until i mean we'll get to the end but um no i guess i want to back up like very briefly to say that like i never thought i would be interested in the actual like game tcg of pokemon but i do own like a lot of pokemon cards because it's such a nice little serotonin boost we like my boyfriend nick and i started over um covid like you just need a little tree you just need a little five dollar pack of pokemon cards and you open them up and it's super fun and you see what you get and then you like put them in a ziploc bag (laughs) and then that's it (laughs) um so we had a ton of these cards sitting around and i remember as part of i think it was a pokemon presents or maybe it was even like a, a nintendo direct but at some point they were like oh yeah we're putting out stadium and the trading card game for the game boy And so when it finally, like, dropped on the Switch, what, like, a week ago, two weeks ago? um, That was the point. So, like, again, I fully, I knew nothing, nothing about the game. I never learned any rules, never tried to do anything, just, like, thought the art on the cards was cool. So (laughs) that's why I was like, okay, this is a game for babies, like... It's very, like you said, not, I don't want to say simple, like, that's not what I mean, but it is, like, it's just the original, like, Gen 1 Pokemon, there's not a lot of variation, and critically for me, because it's a video game, the computer's keeping track of the things that you've already done, so, like, on your turn, you're only allowed to use one energy card or attach one energy card, and, like, I would frequently forget if I had done that or not, so I would just, like, click on one to see if it stopped me from doing it again. Yes. That, that, um, that being able to track things, it, it makes it the best way to learn. I, I, I yeah. know. Um, yeah. Because trying to learn, it's one of the toughest things about learning board games, card games, anything in person, is you're in charge of all of that kind of yeah. keeping everything in line and, and in order. And, and it's really nice. It felt like I was able to pick it up so fast and not having played it in forever just because, oh, if I try to click something, it's not going to let me. Like, that makes it easier. Yes. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, not knowing literally anything and being just a baby. Um I I did think it was pretty easy to pick up. It was 
you know, you start the game with this intro that you can't lose. Like, you cannot make your own choices. You have to click yeah. the things that it tells you to click, and then you're guaranteed to win. Um, so that was definitely, I'm sure that was a huge drag for literally anyone who's not me. But I was like, oh, great, cool. Like, I, I at least get the gist of what it is that I'm trying to do now. I understand yeah. how to evolve Pokemon and how to use moves and what the different icons mean and all that good stuff. Um and I'm pretty sure I beat half the game the first day that I started playing it because I would, am, was just obsessed. I was like, um, I feel like <laughs> we talk about this with the video games in terms of like your approach tends to be more like brute force, like get it done. And my approach is like generally like a, a little bit more tricksy, might use some like strategic like status condition moves or whatever. I feel like we're going to learn pretty quickly that uh, it's the very much the it's opposite the <laughs> for the Gower games. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. My approach, Derek was like, I'm, I would occasionally rebuild the deck. I got very attached to some of the cards and some of the Pokemon, which we'll I'm sure we can talk about, but I would occasionally rebuild if my, the current selection of cards I was using had an obvious weakness to like whatever gym or club or whatever it was that I was going to but I really tried not to because I was like I don't want to think about this any more than I have to and so I would just keep keep re-battling <laughs> people until I just won <laughs> which is why I lost to Ronald every single time because I was like that fully is... not prepared to battle a real not like a real person, quote unquote, but it was like, you know, like I would yeah. just keep like there are people I battled probably like five or six times before that I is... would make like small tweaks in between games. But like, absolutely. Yes, I I had very little real strategy. <laughs> that is so, yeah, very much flipped from from the, the, the other games. So, yeah. So for mm -hmm. mine, I very much was going in. And for the most part, I think if I didn't have a type disadvantage I, after a while, I didn't uh bother with with changing out so yeah full full transparency when i started you get the starter deck and then you start in this little room and off to the side there's this like random person that will battle you using your regular deck for like energy packs um, oh yeah and i must have like i started with against them i must have lost like five six times in a row and mm. i was like this is awful like this game is so hard and then i like looked at it <laughs> Because I was just not drawing energy. Like, I would just never have enough energy. Oh, so yeah. I basically, like, looked at when you do the – have them create the deck for you. And I was like, this deck sucks. So I took it completely apart, built my <laughs> own. I did not lose a single duel for the rest of the game. I went undefeated through the course of the game. I believe um, that. Yeah, so there are – the game has this function where you can use this deck-building computer to, like, build your decks for you. I also never used that because – I don't think I ever went back to the starting area. I was just, like, bopping around and, like, doing my thing. And, like I said, I, like, probably still because of that original, like, serotonin, like, I want to look at cool Pokemon cards. Like, I just started playing a deck that came together because of the Pokemon that I liked. And it wasn't necessarily strategy-based. Um, and it turned out, like, working really well towards the end of the game. But... Um, so because I so I started with the Bulbasaur and Friends deck. Did you have... I started with Charmander. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to mix it up. I know typically, um, I remember as a kid, I definitely used Charmander because Charizard was like my favorite card. So I was all into that. Um, so yeah, starting with the one, there's a few things that I noticed like right away. And it was like one, the trainer cards are super overpowered. Those were like the key to everything. Oh, that and is one thing that's changed now in modern times is you're only allowed to use one supporter 
card per turn, which like in that Game oh, Boy wow. game, you can use like you could just keep you playing just bills it. as much as you want to. Yeah. So like that the item card, wild. so like the Pokeballs or the potions or whatever, you can still use as many of those as you want. But like yeah. the supporter trainer cards, you're only allowed to use one per turn. That is wild because that's definitely a game changer because it got to the point where yes. I was able to get enough synergies in my in my deck that the closest I got to losing both times were from drawing my entire deck. I had no cards left to draw. I had two oh, games yeah. where I got down to one card left in my deck and I had to kill something or else I would have lost from decking myself from drawing so you so can much. lose if you have no more cards left to draw yes yes i had to google that because i got very nervous because i started having to get very aggressive towards the end of that game that um, was never an to... issue for me i think <laughs> the closest i ever got was at the very one of the final battles with the grandmasters i got down to like 15 cards left in my deck oh okay but yeah. You know, I was I was consistently getting down to the last like 10 or 15 cards in my deck. So, I guess a little bit like so with deck building, how many uh types did you typically were you typically going for in a deck? Were you trying to go like one, two or were you just kind of spreading it around and, and trying to I typically did two with like some normal types thrown in yeah. because those yeah. just seem like a bonus. Um I will say that I got a Mewtwo card fairly early on, and so my decks, if I was not using a part Psychic as part, you know, one of my two types, I'd still have, like, six Psychic cards in there on my Mewtwo. Just in case. <laughs> I mean, Mewtwo, it's not, like, overpowered. It doesn't have a crazy ability yeah. or anything, but it is just, like, solid and dependable, and so Mewtwo yeah. came with me everywhere. Um, but, yeah, I would, I would usually do two types and then maybe, like, five to eight normal cards so like you know maybe some meows and persians rattata eradicate spiro firo got a lot yeah. of use towards the end of the game but i would That's it so would roughly be a split between like roughly 20 like just general pokemon cards roughly 20 trainer cards and roughly 20 um energy cards sometimes wow. that energy and pokemon balance would shift a little bit but I had a set of 20 trainer cards that I don't think I changed really at all. So um, I was maybe up near a little 30. bit towards the end, but that's it. I was up near 30 energy the entire game. Cause yeah. I was very, well, so my, yeah, I, that, so I will say that was an intentional choice. And one of the things that I did, um, to adjust or account for that was that I had a lot of my trainer cards were like energy surge, energy retrieval, um, stuff like that, that would help me find the energy cards that I needed to do the stuff I wanted I to you. do. So I had just enough in the deck that I was like getting an energy card somewhat regularly. And then I could, you know, find something if I needed to, um, on the fly. So, yeah, so that's really, so yeah, so I kind of had a similar strategy. You were talking about with the types and stuff like that. I, when I did switch it up, I, I didn't use a lot of fire at all, but what I ended up doing is basically if I did two types, I'd want, put the best case, four of the first evolution, three of the second evolution, and if there was a third, splashing, like, one of that. So, for example, oh. for... So, so you for, didn't have really that much diversity in terms of Oh, the I had zero kinds. diversity. I wanted the consistency. Oh, so, I had... Yeah. So, for example, I ran grass in a deck. I had four Bulbasaur, two Ivasaur, and a Venusaur, and then... Um, those were all the grass types. No, 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 sorry. And then I put it in a, a pincer. Just to get like a pincer was solid, yeah. Yeah, just to throw it in, or like so. For example, for fire types, yeah, for fire types, I would run four Growlithe, three Arcanines, four Ponytas, three Rapidash, 
and then I thought just be able Rapidash to and Arcanine were garbage. Oh, in they, my opinion. they won the game. They did work for me because Arcanine, oh, I man. ran so many energy that I was able to use the fire. It was either flame oh, and or just fire blast. Keep discarding and you could the, just mow yeah, down teams. Yeah, and then yeah. Arcanine's, uh, or sorry, Rapid Ash's agility, where you would hit and yes. it potentially get shielded. So Zero those had carried. that move, and that was clutch. Yeah. 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 Like, I didn't use close to any water types, really. I didn't use any fighting. I don't think I ever used fighting types. I, uh, psychic types, uh, Kadabra was insane. So I did a similar, yeah. a four Abra, three Kadabra. But my goal was basically in every type, I would only have one evolutionary chain, maybe two if it was two evolutions, and then like splashing one of the higher, like maybe I had a, a Zapdos if I was playing electric types. Or I maybe never I had... played with any of the legendary birds either. I did get a Mew at one point, and so Mew mm. made some appearances. I, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I did not do that. I probably had too much diversity. So I would generally do I didn't use a lot of three evolutions. I did have a Squirtle, Wartortle, Blastoise towards the end, but I would do like Ooh, okay. two or maybe three Squirtles, two Wartortles and one Blastoise, which I don't even think I ever ended up pulling the Blastoise. So Wartortle mm. was fine. But I, I tried to stick mostly with two evolutions like Fira was a big one for me. Seal yeah. and Dugong. Oh my god, Dugong would just fucking crush it. Well, because the other <laughs> thing that I did, um, because I had less energy cards, you know, representative in the deck, I would go for Pokemon that didn't require necessarily multiples of their energy type. I so see. I would use the double colorless energies, have all four of those that I could use, but then, you know, I would make sure that whatever Pokemon from the type that I wanted to have, that it only needed one of its respective energy, and then I could just mix and match. So, like, Dugong was the exception because it needed two waters. I think Mewtwo needed two Psychics. And then I also did the Ghastly Haunter Gengar deal because Gengar was rad. It needed three Psychic energies, but... It would do 40 damage to the Pokemon that was out and active, and it would do 10 damage to a Pokemon that was on the bench. And then it mm. also had a Pokemon power where you could move 10 points of damage of the other, like your opponent's team. So I was just oh, taking out bench cool. Pokemon before they evolved with Ooh, Gengar. I did, that's really cool. So yeah. So I, that I, was sort of where I ended up. I did kind of the opposite. I literally went full into a lot of the... So one of my strategies, the MVP of every deck I, I had was Kangaskhan. Kangaskhan was the... I, I never got a Kangaskhan. I never got a Chansey. Oh, and I was no. getting fucked by Kangaskhan's and Chansey's. I should... Well, so we yeah. talked about this. I only ended up rebattling... Like you... In the game, when you battle a trainer for the first time, you get two booster packs out of it. And then apparently you can battle them at least a second time and get two more booster packs out of it. I didn't do that because at that point I was like, yeah. Mewtwo, Dugong, like, let's go. <laughs> and, yeah, I never, and that I, carried me through the back half of the game. Oh, the other thing I, I will say is I did have a fighting deck at one point because Doug Trio was super good. So Okay. You know, I so I... I got those Kangaskhan very early on. I got two early and I, I never had to rebattle. I just, they were very much the MVP because the best opening hand yeah. ever was you get a Kangaskhan, you just keep using fetch and it's got so much HP that by the time Kangaskhan died most most battles, I had a bench of like Raichu and fucking Kadabra and everything built up with all their energy ready to go and then could just unleash. So I want to get into trainer cards in it for in it for a second though because we are about getting getting into the episode a little bit here. So trainer strategies, I'll kind of talk about what I found to be the most like, actually, no, I want to start 
with what you found to be your most like reliable trainer cards that you used first and then i'll kind of get into what i felt like was was carrying the team for me um had a lot of bills i always had four bills because like why not um I also, like I said, because of the way that I built my deck where I was maybe a little too heavy on the Pokemon cards and a little light on the energy cards, I went down the road of, like, energy surge, energy retrieval, Pokeball, and computer search. So, like, being able to find a Pokemon, a specific Pokemon or a specific energy card within the deck and then play it that way. That was how I ended up getting, like, Gengar a bunch of times. That's how I got, like, I would have multiple Dugongs on my bench, like, ready to go. Um, so I went down the route of wanting to be able to pull out specific cards. You told me that the Professor Oak card was good. I never used it. I never used Recycle. I never used the Gambler. I would use Switch, obviously. I didn't use Super Potions because I was like, fuck that. I don't have enough energy cards to discard. So, um, I'd have Potions. I would only put Full Heals in if I was going to, like, the Psychic or Electric um club where i thought i was going to get some status conditions yeah um i'm trying to think of what else was in there i never used so, imposter oak i don't know if you got that one no I, I didn't use that i definitely avoided anything that had a flip a coin on it anything at all mm. that the was like, even like the pokeball coin I but did, i had decent luck with them because i would have four of them in my deck so i lost like two in a row i was like never again so some of them <laughs> are similar so yes i agree I only got three bills, but I ran all the bills I could. Um, I said this to you previously, but really the secret to, I think, having success was uh, I only got three of them, but three Professor Oaks. I think Professor Oak is the most powerful card, at least in this version of the, this, this Game Boy game. I think Professor Oak's the most powerful card because it essentially reads if you play enough like synergy stuff, you just play out your hand and draw a fresh yeah. seven. And then if you can chain one into another, it's just you always have a full hand. And then these, I think that might be the second. I think the best card is energy removal. I ran four energy removals the entire way. I didn't start using that until the end, and I really should have been using it sooner. I don't, I, I don't know what I was. It was so was much doing. fun because it reminded me of like in one-on-one magic. One of the things, and it's funny that you talk about energy search. I agree; those are so energy search are like fetch lands in magic, where you can like play it and go search for any land you need. And it's, yeah, I think energy searches are better than energy. So when I ended up getting four energy searches or three, I cut energy for those because essentially they're just the best energy. It's whatever energy you need is what it represents. But energy removal was my favorite because I knew in any given game I was running more energy than any of the the opponents. But most importantly, every time these people were playing two or three different types, all you Mm -hmm. need to do is remove. So they might have a Charmander out and it's got like a fighting and a fire energy. Just remove that fire even at that point, if it evolves, they just get stuck. There were so many games that the last four or five turns was just the opponent passing every turn with no energy left on their Pokemon. That was basically my Grandmaster experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so much fun because the thing is, like, those strategies are very viable in, like, competitive magic, but the format I play is, like, a social casual one. So you don't do that. That's just mean. You don't do that to people. But getting (laughs) to do it against computers is wonderful. So just taking all of their resources and just, like, not letting them do anything. So kind of to, like, yeah, similar to what you were saying, I ran basically just a full package of Oaks, full package of Bills, a full package of Energy Searches and Energy Removals, and that was really it. Those were the only trainer cards. 
I might throw in a potion or two randomly if I had one, but it was really all about just searching for energies, refilling my hand, and then just <laughs> destroying all the opponent's energies because um, it just felt like the opponents wouldn't play an energy every turn. It felt like they were playing one maybe every other turn and they missed this. And it felt yeah. like if I just played energy every turn and then destroyed theirs and they missed some, that I would just have the advantage. And that's kind of the the, the route that I ended up trying to go with. Yeah, I did throw in the energy retrievals as well because, like I said, the um, dugongs would need, like, two of their respective. Mewtwo needed two of his respective. So mm. um, if one of them got knocked out, I could at least just pull their cards back out of the discard pile and, like, playing them elsewhere because I was so, like, energy limited. But, um, yeah, it didn't really all come together until... Like, I think I played through the first four clubs the first night that I started playing, and then I got two more, and then I did the final two clubs and the Grandmasters, and, like, honestly, the Grandmasters were, I think, the easiest battles of the entire game. I think partially because I was playing those energy removal cards, and so just totally Mm. fucking their legendary birds, but, like, yes. I didn't know what to expect. So that was the other thing is I didn't look up anything about this game because I was like, this is a game for babies. Like, it can't be that hard. <laughs> I think I I finished it last night and I only spent, like, 15 hours on it total. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I was I like, was I'm not going to put a lot of – yeah, so I'm not going to put a lot of energy into this. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, rocked up to the Grandmasters with my Water Psychic deck. And up until – so I, I ran through the first three, no problem. And then the last one that was like using normal types and Dragonite were yeah. resistant to psychic types, which I didn't realize. So I had to like reload the game because <laughs> it does let you save in between like the Grandmaster yes. battles yes, it and it does. lets yeah. you redo your deck. So I did beat the first three, the first try, no problem. The second one or the fourth one I had to battle twice because I had to re do my deck and then yeah fucking ronald at the end i battled him probably like five or six times because i eventually learned like okay he mostly plays fire types with some like a handful of electric types so i was like cool water psychic like let's do it and then it just i don't know why like i'm just bad at the synergies that it was so hard (laughs) it was really interesting because it feels like again this is a very basic version of the game so there aren't a lot of like weird synergies it's very kind of basic like you have at a very base level what the game does but in that last battle ronald was able to do that play one of the birds to his bench get an effect bounce it back play it back yeah and thankfully for me he ended up with his zapdos hurting himself way more than he hurt my pokemon so, same the articuno so, though was pretty yeah. bad but yeah. it was it was very like it was cool to see those synergies i will say that yeah it was it was really cool going in. I'm somebody who usually when I play video games, I will look up guides and Google. The only thing in this game I think I Googled was, can you die by drawing your deck? Because I didn't want to lose that way. <laughs> Outside of that, I don't. I didn't end up looking anything up. And it was super fun that way because it felt like, I'm sure, you know, I, I know the, the build I made is so suboptimal that if I like looked up how you were supposed to do it, it would have been so even like so much easier. But it was fun like just coming up with my own like, this might work, fuck it, and just, like, trying to roll with it. I am really curious to see, I mean, there must be guides out there, but, like, I am curious to see if there's, like, a power ranking of the cards. Because, obviously, like, there, well, not obviously, there are also different variations of the cards. So, like, there were two different Arcanines, there were a couple of different, like, Haunters, there were a couple of different Raticates, like, 
I think there were different versions of Ghastly Haunter and Gengar, actually. So, like, figuring out, like, what Pokemon or what types you wanted, what Pokemon you wanted, and then also, like, which version of that Pokemon was most useful. Yeah. Like, I think with the Ghastly Haunter Gengar build, I ended up going with the weaker Ghastly and Haunters that were had, like, less hit points on them because they just had better moves or, like, things mm-hmm. that I could actually do something while I was trying to find Gengar. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I that must like a power ranking of those cards must exist. So we should find that. Yeah, it'd be really interesting. And speaking of like power rankings and stuff, it makes me think of a. It it, it makes me want to learn more about the current state of like the actual card game now and like how things work. And yeah, you said you were already looking up formats and stuff, and I was like, I barely know how to play this game. (laughs) Yeah, so I did. Yeah, that was the first thing I I started looking up formats. But one of the formats that apparently is like accepted is people just play those starter decks that you get, and it's just like an accepted thing that you can go to game stores and like play those. So we may end up having a follow up episode. I might pick up one of those starter decks to just play against you and Nick. We can play over webcam because there's a, a magic site that makes it easy to play over webcam that you can just like have a whole game and just to try out this the current state and compare it to like what the game boy game offered because i feel like that would yes. be like a really interesting comparison yeah nick and i both have pre-built decks that are current the only thing i would say about the pre-built decks is there's like one overpowered pokemon card in it which is lame like it's just not fun to play because oh, if like you get it you double just... hit points and double power it's, it's just not fun so nick yeah. and i actually have swapped out like his was lucario mine is Tinkaton from Scarlet and Violet. So we've just okay. swapped out for like standard cards, but then the rest of okay. the deck is the same. So yeah, Hell I think yeah. we so, should do it and get Rhino in too. Oh, let's force him to. Yes. Um, when we get off of here, I'll actually show you the site and how it works and everything. But yeah, I think we should get some webcam games in and then do a follow up episode on this to compare. Because especially come, we're coming from such a weird position of people that are like in a Pokemon but have this is like we just learned a new game and then we're going to go in a time machine and immediately fast forward like 30 years yes and see like what the evolutions become um yeah and yeah i think that'll be a really fun comparison because i had a great time i beat that game in under a week and says you know i don't really get much video game time in i can't tell you the last time i beat a game that wasn't for the podcast so i, I mean, was having was a like great time 10 to 15 hours of play time but that's still, usually I mean, like that's a month's worth 10 for to me 15 yeah. hours in a week yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah no so. i i am glad that i turned you on to that because or let you know that that was available because that was a very fun like past week of my life it was wonderful so yes uh we will definitely i'm committing to it now we're gonna have a follow-up episode at some point about a comparison <laughs> and i'm sure for people that play the current game they've got a kick out of hearing us talk about like what are they saying like these cards are terrible these strategies don't work <laughs> yeah if there are like good cards let us know because obviously oh, yes. i mean derek knows some stuff i know legit nothing, I, so yeah <laughs> I, that, all i know is basically from that game but yes um we will be back to regularly scheduled scheduled programming soon we're back from the hiatus of of summer Yay! adventures so we will be back but and what for now, adventures they were <laughs> oh gosh yes but for now i guess so uh, we'll do the normal this has been pokemon radio with your hosts derek and sessie on professor x pokemon talk sessie you want to hit him with the social media of course if you are on twitter or instagram or threads uh you can find us on all three of those platforms at pokemon radio pod um if you listen to our show on apple Podcasts or spotify podcast leave us a rating or a review um and hopefully say nice things about us because um i don't want you to make me cry and uh no matter where you uh listen to your podcast please subscribe and follow our show 
This show is made possible by support for your Goldrod Public Radio subscription from listeners like you. Thank you.